This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. And a good Monday afternoon. It's actually Greg Smith once again for Linda Swain. If you want to chime in on any of the news going on around the province today, you are certainly welcome to do that. 709-273-5211 or one 590 Barnes producing the show today. She'll be the voice on the other end of the phone when you do feel like calling in and chiming in. Well, we're fresh off the Easter weekend, and I hope that you enjoyed your Easter weekend. I guess we're not really fresh off it for everybody. It is a federal government holiday, so there's still some folks enjoying the Easter Monday holiday today. I certainly had a, a fun-filled weekend with my little guy. He was only two weeks old last Easter, so this Easter, just one year old, and uh, had a lot of fun and went to grandparents' house and got all of his treats and stuff, and I am full of chocolate from breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the last two or three days, so how about you, Claude? Are you you all chocolate out yet yeah, or what? You know, I said to myself that I would not have one piece of chocolate. Lies. I think I had three. I mean, I, I oh, just... Oh, three? Well, okay. Three. three bunnies or three eggs? No, <laughs> I would suspect I had two of those little tiny foil ones and like the ears off a of lint. Ooh. <laughs> the ears, yes. Hey, you know what? You can finish the rest when you get home. <sighs> I, I, you know what I did? I put it in the freezer. Not because I thought I wouldn't look in the freezer, you know, but because, I mean, cold chocolate. Can you beat that? No. Oh, I'm craving chocolate again. I just literally, I think 20 minutes ago said, I can't eat no more. (laughs) Now I want more. But anyway, Easter weekend was good. The weather wasn't too bad uh, this weekend. You know, it was nice to get out around. Yeah. Um, Today was a bit weird. It's nice out now bit chilly this morning, a bit of flurry activity. We're going to talk about the forecast in just a bit with the Gander Weather Office, actually, because tomorrow is going to be a pretty nice day for much of the island, so stick around uh, for that. But there's a number of conversations to have here news-wise uh, throughout Newfoundland and Labrador. Of course, I was sitting in this chair on Thursday past. Uh, it was a very busy Thursday uh, last week to wrap up a shortened work week. Of course, the news on Vian Timmons came out. We had a lot of reaction to that and more still rolling out today, so feel free to chime in on that. Uh, we also heard from the FFAW president, Greg Pretty, on for, uh, Thursday afternoon, of course. Uh, they set the uh, the price uh, setting panel has set the price on snow crab at $2.20 a pound. And, uh, we, of course, obviously, uh, the president, uh, Greg Pretty, was uh, very frustrated by that on Thursday. We had more conversations with him today. You can weigh in on that as well if you want to chime in on some of those topics. Of course, if you want to talk about Team Guju, I'm up for the chat as well. A heartbreaking loss. But hey, a silver at the Worlds is not too shabby. But yeah, wouldn't it have been nice to see the gold on home ice. But the Guja ring certainly played so well. And uh, I don't know if anyone is uh, going to be too upset they lost to Scotland. Scotland was looking pretty strong heading into that final yesterday. But good showing to Brad, Mark, EJ, and Jeff and the whole crew. Team Guju uh, leaving the World Curling Championship. The men's with some new hardware. A silver yesterday dropping that one to uh, Scotland 9-2-3. Also. So, of course, a couple of things that you might want to chime in on. The polar bear activity this year has, uh, I don't know if it's just more than ever. I'm just picking up on it more. But a couple of polar bears that were cause for concern in at least two parts of the province over the last week have appeared to move on. The presence of the bears uh, in Happy Valley Goose Bay area and the other in Gander Bay prompted wildlife officials to issue warnings. Late last week, uh, the Department of Fisheries, Forestry, and Aquaculture says aerial helicopter patrols of the areas have failed to turn up any further signs of the large polar bear 
severe predators in recent days. But if you want to chime in on polar bear activity, you can chime in again this afternoon as well. 709-273-5211 or one 888 Let's talk the weather now here on News Talk. It looks as though some spring-like temperatures finally are going to start uh, coming to the island this week. Richard Duggan of the VOCM Newsroom spoke to Robert Grove of the Gander Weather Office about how nice it's going to be. Yeah, so for tomorrow, uh, we have a nice uh, ridge of high pressure moving over that'll just basically clear out the skies, um, and just it's going to be a very sunny day, like probably one of those days where you look up and you don't see a cloud in the sky. <laughs> um, and then temperatures are also going to warm up pretty pretty good with that. Um, we're looking at a high of around like 6 to 10 degrees tomorrow uh, around the St. John's area. It's cooler, obviously, as you get closer to the water. Um, and then like probably around 10 degrees uh, further inland. And safe to say, uh, given uh, you know the winter that we've had, this might this will be some of the warmest temperatures we've seen so far of the year. Yes, definitely. Yep, it'll be. Um, I believe. Yeah, so it would be the warmest temperatures since we've, that we've seen since January, but probably the warmest temperatures that we've seen where it'll be nice weather for sure this year. And that will definitely be good news for many people who are listening to this. Um, so we, we're going to have the sunshine. We're going to have a little bit of warmer temperatures. Is there anything else? Will will winds be a factor tomorrow at all, or will it just be a generally nice day? Um, it should be a generally nice day. Um, obviously, living in Newfoundland, you're always going to have a little bit of wind, but <laughs> um, in general, nothing too crazy. Just just some light light to moderate winds. And I guess the big question on everyone's mind hearing this will be how long are the warm temperatures going to stick around? Um, so for the rest, uh, I believe it's for a little while anyway. Um, obviously, as you get into the long range, it's a little bit harder to, to uh, keep on top of what the uh, temperatures will stay at. But um, they are supposed to stick around for a little bit. Um, it will kind of go back towards more seasonal values near the end of the week, though. Um, we have like a little tiny system moving through Thursday into Friday that will probably bring some colder air on the backside of it. So it'll be short-lived for this week, but uh, obviously we're in April now, so seeing some more temperatures like these in the future, of course, you know, on the horizon. <laughs> Excellent, man. Well, thank you so much for, for this update. I know uh, good it'll be music to a lot of people's ears hearing this today. So thank you very much for this. <laughs> no problem. There you go. That is Robert Grove of the Gander Weather Office a short while ago with VOCM's Richard Duggan. Yeah, it looks like some spring-like temperatures are on the way, finally. Can't wait for it, and hopefully it stays for a very, very, very long time. I know Claudette likes the snow, but... I, I do, but I love the fact that uh, we're going to be in double digits tomorrow. What I find is uh, interesting is the anomaly across Canada mm-hmm. where, you know, the Ontario, people in Ontario are going to see in the 20s this week, and it just gets warmer and warmer as the week goes on. But here in Newfoundland, we get tomorrow, and that's just about <laughs> it. <laughs> How many pairs of shorts are you going to see tomorrow? Oh, gosh. Yes, you are going to see shorts. You're going to see tank tops. It's gonna, people are going to act as if it's, they're going to be out barbecuing. A hundred. Listen, <laughs> yes. 10 degrees in April is not 10 degrees in September. 
Just saying. You're so right. All right. Now, if you want to chime in on the weather, feel free to give us a call. A little to the point, actually, uh, on the weather, too. And, and a lot of avid weather watchers will be interested in this story because uh, you're going to have to go without access to uh, local weather radars for a few more days, at least. If you missed this this morning, the, the radar out at Holyrood and at Marble Mountain both went down just before the Easter weekend. That was due to hardware issues. Uh, so officials are waiting for parts. Technicians are going to do the work, get the system up and running again, hopefully. Hopefully, hope is by at the end of the work week. Uh, we heard from uh, Rob Carroll, actually, from Environment Canada on that this morning. Says uh, access to other tools through the Gander Weather Office to forecast the weather. But he does admit it does make it a little more challenging. But uh, as long as they can predict it and perhaps... Hopefully the uh, spring light temperatures tomorrow is not a wrong prediction with those weather radars down. Fingers crossed we get that tomorrow. Anyway, chime in. On the weather, give me a call, 709-273-5211 or 888-590-8626. Newfoundland Growlers were in action over the weekend, their last regular season homestand uh, before the playoffs begin. they got two more games on the season. But uh, yesterday was a special game uh, because there was a bit of uncertainty regarding the future of Captain James Melindy. Uh, he celebrated his career last night in front of uh, family and friends and fans as, uh, yeah, he is, uh, you know, Hopefully going to play a couple more games at home, but he's not sure he will be heading uh, into retirement uh, from hockey after this season. We're going to hear from the captain himself, James Melindy, after the break here on the OCM's News Talk. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. And welcome back. It is Greg Smith jumping in for it. Linda Swain here this afternoon on News Talk. Going to talk a little hockey here now for a moment. Before we dive into this uh, interview, I want to share with you from the Newfoundland Growlers a big shout out to about 4,500 minor hockey players across 280 teams in this province competing in Hockey NL's minor provincial tournaments over this Easter break. Uh, games going to be hosted in 42 locations uh, across the province. The under-13s and the under 18 teams are competing in the first half of this week. So now, and then the under 11s and under 15s will compete from Thursday through Saturday. So a uh, big shout out to all the players and coaches and all the parents when we rooting them on and everyone behind that uh, big, uh, big pat on the back and good luck to everyone. A full schedule of events uh, online for that, by the way, at uh, hnlprovincials.ca. Well, then, hockey news. Locally, amid uncertainty regarding his future, heading into the postseason, Newfoundland Growlers captain James Melindy celebrated his career in front of fans, family, and friends on an emotional Sunday evening yesterday at the Mary Brown Center. And compliments of the Newfoundland Growlers, here is James Melindy reflecting on the game and the evening and his career with Growlers broadcaster Chris Ballard. You know, we, we come into this weekend... Uh, with the goal to, to solidify, um, you know, winning our division and then winning our conference and having three strong games uh, heading into the last stretch of the, the year is, is, you know, great for our group. We're, we're getting players down and uh, things are trending in the right way. So we're, we're happy with how our game is, uh, is going right now heading into the stretch. And it seemed like for you, maybe a little extra special night for yourself, maybe? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, the, the unknown is is ahead. Um, this is going to be my last year, so it's uh, potentially my my last game at home. And, uh, you know, don't really uh, know where, where things will go. But 
um, special night if if this is it or uh, what have you. It, it was great to to play my you know last home game for sure uh, in front of friends and family, a big crowd uh, with a big win and a, a rowdy fan base. So it was uh, everything I wanted and more for sure. No kidding. I mean, kind of summarize your night because you had a heck of a night on the ice there too. Start with the the fight and and the excitement that came after that. I mean, that uh, we said it in the booth of classic James Melindy. Yeah, uh, I didn't really anticipate it all happening, but uh, I seen Oren get tangled up and guy was throwing punches and initially I was just going in to break it up and he took a swing at me and next thing I know I'm sitting in the penalty box with my gloves off and uh, no, just always there for my teammates and trying to make everybody feel safe. It's... Uh, we don't want to be a team to be pushed around, and um, that's kind of been part of my game uh, throughout my career. So just doing whatever I can to help the team and uh, stick up for our teammates. You really seem to enjoy it and kind of hyping up the crowd after the fight. You've done that a handful of times, but that one, I don't know. Were you out there maybe a little longer soaking it in a little more? Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, a big crowd, We, you know, heading yeah, into well. playoffs. Uh, we want all those bodies coming back, so give them a, a little piece of excitement. Maybe it gets a couple uh, butts and seats come playoff time, which uh, we need. We, we we strive off of big crowds and atmosphere, and um, you can really see guys' momentum and uh, pace really pick up through uh, you know the crowd and the, and the fan, fans' interaction. So um, we're hoping you know when we start playoffs here we get some big crowds down here at Mary Brown Center and uh, really pack this place and, and make it a hard place to play and uh, finding the back of the net there too take us through the play sniper yeah uh, just kind of jumped in a hole um, Sudsy made a great pass and I just tried to get it off as fast as I could uh, not really there for picking corners or anything it just ended <laughs> up going in which was great um but you, you always look to, to contribute in any way you can. Uh, usually mine isn't always on the score sheet. It's uh, keeping the game um, steady and, and even keeled um, and just being good in my own zone. So uh, any time I get to chip in a little bit offensively, it's, it's awesome. And with a bunch of friends and family in the, in the building tonight, it was, uh, it was a special goal for sure. So if this is, you know, the end of your playing career, at least for here at home, I mean, I know it's still fresh, but what what are you going to remember most about your time playing at home? Yeah, uh, a lot of memories, um, you know, with the possibility of players being sent down. Uh, the future is a little uncertain right now, but uh, looking back to the ability to, to come home, and I, I never – First, when I started pro, I, I, I didn't ever think that I was going to want to come back and play. I was <laughs> like, you know what, uh, I'd like to just be fresh and, and start my own way and, and experience different things and travel so, the world. And then I got to a point in my career where it was, uh, you know, you get an opportunity to come back and play, and it, it was super appealing. So uh, come back in that first season, you know, uh, win a championship, was incredible it's hard to put into words um and then just always having strong teams year after year winning makes everything so much fun um 
it's uh, it's amazing to be able to play in front of friends and family. Uh, can play in front of my parents, my grandparents. Uh, night in, night out is is amazing, and even being able to look through the the glass and and see people you know. Uh, truly just a, a hard to explain like just a amazing time and uh meeting so many good friends that i'll have for the rest of my life is uh is awesome and then you know obviously you move home and you're a little bit older and i yeah. i get a girlfriend and then make her my wife <laughs> and uh now it's uh you know the the future is uh becoming more of an adult I guess you can say but uh it's amazing um so much support from the fans the community uh my family my friends it's been an absolutely amazing experience and then uh, obviously this year having such a strong team yeah. and a record-breaking team that has the potential to to do it all again it, it's you have to seize the opportunity so we're uh we're looking forward to where uh things are headed to come here in a couple of weeks how many bodies do you have in the building tonight i heard a few pockets that i'm, I'm pretty sure were yours yeah yeah i had uh two booths full and then uh some family that were just uh in the stands behind the bench across from the the bench behind the penalty box so um just always great support no matter what the game was uh always have family down here which makes it so much more special to to be able to play at home because when i was away you know the most they could see was online or if they got a chance right. to come uh you know travel to see me so um definitely a special five years being back home and four playing with the growlers so and I hear your cousin won the 50-50? Yeah, my cousin won the 50-50 tonight. So it's been a, it's been a big one for the Melindies. Uh, we uh, fight on the ice, a goal, full, full crowd, uh, family in the stands, and then my uh, little cousin wins 50-50. So it's, uh, it's been a great night. What a night. There you go, James Melindy, the captain of your Newfoundland Growlers. Uh, that was uh, broadcaster Chris Ballard chatting with Melindy following yesterday's game. Amid uncertainty regarding his future heading into the postseason, celebrating his career yesterday in front of family, friends, fans, an emotional Sunday evening at the Mary Browns Center. Well, it is Greg Smith jumping in for Linda Swain here on News Talk this afternoon. We kicked off the show uh, talking about the weather, and we said, hey, if you want to talk about the weather, give us a call because, you know, Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, more than they love the 50 50 they love talking about the weather uh anna's on the line from labrador city hi anna hi how you doing today not too bad not on top shelf but getting there getting there well i gotta say it must be close to the top shelf with the weather it's it's actually warm they're not bitterly cold as you say it usually beautiful. is absolutely beautiful what's the temperature there today Right now it's 6.4. And normally, this time of the year, it won't be close well, to that. Yesterday, yesterday morning, it was my, when I got up 9 o'clock yesterday morning, it was minus 20. That's a shift. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> you think it's going to stick around a bit longer? Because I, I feel like when it comes to Labrador weather, that uh, you'll, you'll be bitterly cold right in the middle of winter, and you'll minus 20, as you said, yesterday morning. And then all of a sudden, someday, it's just like plus 20 and it's summer. There's like no in between. Right. So you're right. in the spring for the first time. That's good. Oh, it's beautiful here. The sun's been shining all day, and by the way, a few clouds here and there. But, uh, I mean, that's all I recall to say. Yeah, well, let, let me know what the winter was like now. How did you fear the winter? Was it uh, was it a bad winter, winter up there? January and February was absolutely beautiful here. Yeah? Yes, and we had more snow 
at, at the beginning of, in March and April than we did in the winter months, January and February. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, similar down here, actually. I think we kind of fared half lucky on the east coast of the island, too. I know. Uh, very similar. It's a bit of a weird yeah. winter, but uh, I'm sick of it now anyway, so. <laughs> we had a lot of snow. Yeah, We're no We're going to need a lot of sunshine to get rid of snow we got. Well, hopefully the sunshine keeps beating down. Enjoy it while you got it there. I appreciate the call, yeah. Anna. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. All right. You enjoy it. Take care. Thank you very much. There you go. That's Anna from Lab City. Just want to call, talk about the weather, and I love that. If you want to call, do that as well, wherever you're to. Around the province, we are all ears when it comes to the weather. We're coming up to news time here shortly on News Talk, and uh, coming up in just a little bit. When you can go through these types of courses and pick up new skills, and you get that confidence to see yourself as a learner and to take the next step and the next. Allison Howard of the ABC Life Literacy Canada. I'm going to hear from her about a literacy program that is designed specifically for Newfoundland and Labrador. That's all coming up here on News Talk, plus more of your calls around the news of the day. Perhaps you want to chime in here on our question of the day, and I'll throw that out to you before news time here. Do you think the province's healthcare action website is providing enough information for residents? Well, I know a lot of people are saying no to that question. Why are you saying no? Give me a ring. 709-273-5211-888-590-8626. Greg Smith for Linda Swain. This is News Talk on your VOCM. Join Brian Medor weekdays at noon for a comprehensive update on news from every corner on all levels. Newsmakers, weather, and more. Join us on your VOCM at noon. 434 here on News Talk. It's Greg Smith jumping in again for Linda Swain today. And I uh, brought this up just before the news that we're going to be talking about it. And it's pretty interesting, actually. ABC Life Literacy Canada. Well, they're helping residents of Newfoundland and Labrador through a community literacy program to gain essential skills needed in today's workplace. It's called Active Learning. Allison Howard is the executive director of ABC Life Literacy Canada. And she spoke to your VOCM Mornings host, Ben Murphy. What can you tell us about this community literacy program? Well, ABC Life Literacy Canada has a special program designed just for folks in Newfoundland and Labrador. It's called Activate Learning. And this is a literacy program that provides training opportunities for adult learners in three areas, employability, health literacy, and financial literacy. Why was it important to kind of, I guess, tailor a program specifically to Newfoundland and Labrador? Well, the program launched in 2019, and it was primarily to help address high unemployment rates and other unique skills challenges being faced by the province. And we've had enormous success with it. We're very proud of the fact that we have so far engaged over 18,000 adult learners and their families since the program started. And how does that help build confidence in the workplace? Uh, Well, in the workplace specifically, there are lots of different topics that we cover off. Confidence is one of them and there are many others that are connected to confidence such as motivation and attitude accountability so by taking part in these learning opportunities people see themselves as learners a lot of people adults have struggled to return to the classroom you know they don't necessarily think of themselves as learners maybe they've had challenges in the past with uh, you know formal classroom settings so sometimes there's a reluctance to return and don't really see yourself as a learner, but when you can go through these types of courses and pick up new skills and you begin that confidence to see yourself as a learner and to take the next step and the next. Workers who participated in this kind of essential skills training, were they more likely to report, you know, a reduction in work-related stress levels? Yes, there's all kinds of different benefits from this, and we do see that people are saying it does give them confidence, it gives them 
the ability to ask questions, um, you know, in the workplace to say, I don't understand this. Maybe you could give me some more information on it. Even just having the confidence to do that is a big deal. And it's very beneficial for workplaces because then you know where people need more information or uh, more coaching in their work. And they have the confidence to speak up in meetings and to uh, coach others and to participate more in our workplace activities. Now, if someone is listening to this and thinking that, hey, that program is something I would love to try, how can they get involved? Well, we do have uh, free resources available online from abcactivatelearning.ca. We also partner with many community organizations and workplaces to offer workshops in person uh, in different organizations. So, uh, for example, Ability Employment, uh, Gander Women's Centre, lots of different um, organizations that host workshops and so they are very happy to provide information and to help set people up. We also do have uh, some salary offsets so for employers that offer workshops they may be eligible to receive a salary offset of up to $15 an hour per employee participating in one of our two-hour workshops. Uh, Literacy organizations in the community may also be eligible to receive an honorarium for every workshop that they run. If they are struggling with literacy or have questions, to know that they're not alone, that there are free resources out there for them for the taking, and we are happy to provide information on those. Allison Howard, thank you for this. Thank you. There you go, VOCM's Ben Murphy speaking to Allison Howard, Executive Director of ABC Life Literacy Canada. They're helping residents of our province through a community literacy program to gain essential skills needed in today's workplace, and it was designed specifically for this province. Uh, we'll have more on that in our news, of course, throughout the course of the coming days. And yes, lots of other news that we could dive into and talk about. If there's something you want to weigh in on, please feel free to call here today at at 709-273-5211 or 1-888-590-8626. Well, a couple of quick little notes for you here. Memorial University is holding their Volunteer Day Awards ceremony today. The event is to highlight volunteers both in the community and at the university. So awards are going to be given out in many categories today. Uh, categories such as Student Volunteer of the Year, Volunteer Staff Member of the Year, Faculty Volunteer of the Year, among others. That ceremony is set to get underway actually in about 21 minutes time at 5 p.m. at the University Center. So a big uh, shout out to everyone who will be involved with that today. Another note for you here in the capital city, winter parking restrictions have come to an end in the capital city as of 4 o'clock this afternoon. They are now done. Uh, The city cautions, however, that restrictions can be brought back into effect at any time if conditions warrant it. And as we know, Newfoundland and Labrador are probably going to have another shot or two at a winter storm uh, over the course of the next few weeks. But tomorrow is going to be a nice one. Hey, so we'll talk about that in our news coming up at 5 o'clock. Saw this over the weekend too. Pictures being shared online and uh, was only a a couple of weeks ago, the mayor of Marystown was uh, on open line with Patty Daly because the dog park was vandalized, uh, vandalized down in the town of Marystown. He says it's uh, something that's been going on for some time in a couple of different areas, but that was the worst one to date. Now police in Marystown are investigating, uh, well, threatening graffiti that was done at a washroom of a local restaurant. Uh, photos posted online of the women's washroom at the local Tim Hortons showing multiple messages about a bomb being 
in the building and threats that the restaurant was going to be blowing up. Uh, Bjorn Peninsula RCMP investigating that, of course. They say there's no threat to public safety. But if you're in the Marystown region and you have any information, you're asked to contact RCMP or Crime Stoppers. You can see a picture of the graffiti up on our website today, vocm.com. Quick time out here on News Talk. If you want to weigh in on the news of the day, please feel free to give us a call. It's 441. Weekday mornings from 530 to 9. Jumpstart your day with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy. Newsmakers, traffic, weather, and more during your VOCM morning show. And a good afternoon. It's Greg Smith for Linda Swain. Today on News Talk, well, the president of Memorial University has been removed from her job. That story, of course, was breaking on Thursday afternoon. We had a number of conversations and early reaction on Thursday's News Talk. But now, the, the course, uh, lots more rolling in over the Easter weekend and continuing today. The Board of Regents at MUN says it ended Vianne Timmons' contract on a without-cause basis. And a report last month raised the questions about Timmons' indigenous claims and she took a six-week paid leave while the Board of Regents considered this next steps. Now, Dr. Neil Boys will take over the role for the next two years, and the Board of Regents will launch a search for a new president. Josh Lepaski is president-elect of MUNFA, and he spoke earlier today with VOCM's Ben Murphy. Your reaction when you heard the news that the president's contract was being terminated on a without-cause basis? Yeah, not surprising. Um, it really seemed like there was uh, unlikely to be another outcome than uh, the former president being removed. Um, I guess the only question was uh, whether her contract um, and the board would do that under a, a with cause or without cause basis. Yeah, and Timmins came under fire in the final months of her tenure for claims of Indigenous heritage. Is that what ultimately you think led to her dismissal? Uh, well, actually, it's uh, impossible to know as, as rank-and-file uh, faculty members, we are uh, kept outside of the Board of Regents, so we actually have uh, no knowledge of the actual discussions that went on. Obviously, that uh, seems like a likely uh, cause, but uh, the Board of Regents, as I say, um, we faculty are, have no uh, seat at the table there, so um, it's really actually difficult to know. Indeed, the, the Board... Uh, hasn't posted minutes of its own meetings in in more than a year. So uh, it's a body of the university that uh, seems to operate uh, all um, all too much in secrecy. How concerned are you that Timmins is leaving without having to face any accountability and will be pocketing quite a huge severance package? Yeah, I mean... It's unfortunate for sure that um, that severance was in there, but it's also was written into her contract from uh, from the beginning. So um, that's really not, while it's unfortunate, it's not at all surprising. I think the bigger issue here is, uh, again, the way uh, the hiring process was done essentially in in secret using uh, private uh, executive search firms. And, you know, a uh, contract was written that essentially mirrors the sort of uh, upper echelons of the corporate world rather than a public university. That's really the bigger problem here. Um, Secret searches have to end. Uh, Treating the public university as a corporation has to end. We're speaking with Josh Leposky, president-elect of the MUN Faculty Association. And Josh, MUNFA has written an open letter to the Board of Regents. What are you asking them to do? Uh, in essence, 
to um, do a proper uh, uh, investigation into uh, what led to the former president's hiring, um, how the board made its decisions. And again, as rank and file uh, faculty members, uh, we don't know what sort of criteria were used uh, in the hiring process and whether any of uh, the former president's claims to indigeneity were even uh, part of that process. Um, again, because uh, as faculty, we have no seat at the table. So a proper investigation, that means uh, it needs to be external. The Board of Regents cannot investigate itself, uh, nor can senior administration. Um, and the broader governance structures uh, that led to this problem, um, which in, you know, sort of boil down to secrecy and a lack of public accountability, have to be changed. Is an apology from the Board of Regents crucial? I think an apology from the Board of Regents is crucial, but it needs to go beyond simply we're sorry to actually be held, actually being held accountable, um, actually taking responsibility uh, for uh, for the process that unfolded. Um, you know, uh, Board of Regents and, and senior leadership will probably say things like, well, secret searches are uh, the way things are done across the country and other universities, but just because that's the way things are done elsewhere doesn't mean they should be. I'm sure listeners can think of all kinds of examples of things that have changed over time that used to be common sense that now we don't do anymore. To what extent has all of this tarnished the reputation of the university? Um, I think that that is a real problem. Uh, Board of Regents and senior administration have a massive amount of work to do to rebuild trust uh, amongst um, faculty, amongst students, the core constituents of the university, but also the broader public. Um, Memorial University is, uh, the, uh, you know, it's an excellent institution, but it has uh, been focused so much on uh, branding and public relations that it is uh, letting the substance that makes it uh, a really excellent uh, place to learn and to do research diminish. What will Vian Timmons' legacy be? Uh, that I think probably people will uh, remember her most for the things she uh, explicitly said she didn't want to be remembered for, and that was raising of tuition. I think the questions around her identity will also be uh, a long legacy, and that is a you know there is a wake of harm um, still fanning out from from the uh, her her claims that uh, you know the full effects I think have have yet to be seen. What other shortcomings did she have in the role? Well, I think that depends partly on on uh, where you are situated in the university, but I mean, there were questions about um, uh, academic freedom uh, and the ability for students to protest peacefully. Um, there's, of course, the tuition uh, issue. There are also major questions about um, how senior leadership uh, was functioning under uh, her um, her regime. You know, uh, we lost a provost and then two senior vice presidents within six months of them being hired. That, uh, along with, um, you know, half of senior administra administration being um, uh, in temporary uh, positions right now, it suggests 
that there is something wrong with leadership at the senior level. But again, as, as rank and file faculty members, we don't have really any insight into why that may be. That's President-elect of MUNFA, Josh Lepaski, speaking about the, the uh, termination of uh, President Vian Timmons' contract at Memorial University, removed from her job as of last week. The Board of Regents at MUN saying it ended the contract of Vian Timmons on a without-cause basis. And, of course, we continue to see reaction from that story. And if you want to weigh in on it, you can certainly weigh here on the OCM on our phone lines at 709-273-5211 or 888 uh, VOCM, that is 8626. Well, here's a story that a lot of people will probably be uh, interested in. Uh, I heard the headlines on this one earlier today, and it certainly piqued my interest. Nearly half of the workers in our country are feeling overwhelmed by debt. Now, TELUS Health, formerly LifeWorks, has just released a special report on financial well-being that reveals workers in Canada are feeling uncertain about their financial future. The latest mental health index reveals the largest monthly decline in mental health among workers in Canada since April of 2020, the start of the COVID pandemic. The OCM's Jolene Grimes caught up with Paula Allen, who is Senior Vice President at TELUS Health. Well, there were some pretty significant findings in this report. We found some alarming data in two big areas. One is after... Uh, a period of time where we had very slightly improved in the mental health scores of the working population and had started to sort of, you know, flatten out, we saw a fairly significant decline. So one of the largest monthly declines that we've seen since we started publishing monthly in April of 2020, and we're actually close to that early pandemic score right now. And the other big thing is that we saw a massive decline in our financial well-being. So the last time we looked at this was the summer of 2022, and it's dropped significantly since then. What was the most shocking to you about the study? I think there are a few things that I found shocking. You know, 45% of working Canadians are feeling overwhelmed by debt. So overwhelmed is a big thing. It's not just having debt. It's not just struggling with debt, but it's, it's feeling that you are overwhelmed, that you, have, you would struggle to get out. And that correlates with another thing that I found quite concerning is that it's only about 57% of us actually are feeling comfortable about our financial future. So 43% are actually feeling very unsure or quite negative about our financial future. And again, this is very important because obviously financial well-being is important just generally speaking, but there's a strong correlation between financial well-being and mental well-being. The strain of not having a financial cushion, the strain of not feeling that you know you have the means to take care of yourself is tremendous and it has reverberating effects. I'm speaking with Paula Allen, Senior Vice President at TELUS Health. Why is it important to release a special report on financial well-being and mental health? Well, you can't improve what you don't measure. <laughs> we need to understand uh, all of these things. We need to understand our mental health and well-being very well. Uh, this is something that we recognized quite some time ago. So at TELUS Health, we support people and their well-being in many different respects. 
And we know from our data and our interactions with people that really mental health is the core of everything. It's the core of your relationships. It's the core of your productivity at at work. It actually also correlates with your physical health. So when something is so important, we need to understand it well because that's the only way that we can make decisions to make it better. What can employers do to help? Well, the good news is that what employers do does make a difference. So we found that employers who visibly and actively and appropriately support the mental health and well-being of their employees, their people actually do better, statistically significantly better. So that means, you know, having services and, and, and making them valuable, you know, having really high quality services that people can access, promoting those services, training managers so you can have a culture that actually supports mental well-being and productivity. All of these things do make a difference. So those are some of the, the really critical examples of what employers can do. But again, I want to reinforce that doing those things does make a difference. It's not just window dressing and it's not just attract and, and, and retain, which it, which it is, but you actually improve people's mental well-being, which reduces your costs, you know, sick time, disability time, but also improves their productivity. I think the main thing to add is that we are not out of the woods here. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, the pandemic is over, our, our mental health, you know, it is what it is. We just need to move forward. And, and I actually find that, you know, very upsetting. You know, we went through um, massive trauma over the past three years. Uh, we have an increase in the proportion of the working population that's high risk in terms of mental health from 12% in 2019 to 35% right now. And this decline that we saw over the last month says that we are not out of the woods. The thing, though, is... We don't just have to accept the way we are. If we're intentional, if employers support the mental health of their well-being, if we're intentional in terms of reaching out for support when we need it, we don't have to accept this high sensitivity, this stress, and this distress that we're in right now. So that's my main message. That's Paula Allen, Senior Vice President over at TELUS Health. Uh, Speaking to VOCM's Jolene Grimes, now nearly half of workers in our country feeling overwhelmed by death. TELUS Health has released a special report on financial well-being, and the latest mental health index is revealing the largest monthly decline in mental health among workers in this country since the start of the pandemic, April of 2020. So we'll uh, keep an eye on that story. You can see more on it actually up on our website today over at uh, VOCM.com. Let's pop over to VOCM.com for a moment. We're almost out of time here for the afternoon, but our question of the day today at VOCM.com is around the uh, the new website, uh, part of the healthcare action that the uh, province is taking. And th- we want to know today, do you think the province's healthcare action website provides enough information for residents? Now, have you even checked out the website yet? Uh, perhaps you want to do it tonight. Let weigh in on this one tomorrow. But 57% uh, are saying no, they don't think it provides enough information. 37% and say they're not sure. Perhaps they haven't checked out the site yet. And just a mere 6% 
small amount saying, yeah, they think it provides enough information. What do you think? You can weigh in on that. You can vote over at VOCM.com, today's question of the day. Of course, uh, you can give us a call. we got a couple of minutes. We might be able to squeeze you in, or you can always chime in tomorrow afternoon uh, as well here on News Talk. And, of course, we always have open line with Patty Daly as well, uh, weekday mornings, of course, at 9. Uh, always up for conversations of all types of things with News Talk. There's so much news to talk about, the good, the bad, and everything in between. If you want to chime in, do that at anytime 709-273-5211 or 888-590-8626 that's going to wrap it up for this monday edition of news talk the day in review we'll wrap up every news story of the day on this monday easter monday uh richard oh no sorry noah shepherd going to get you through that day in review coming up here at five o'clock uh greg smith for linda swain and hopefully linda back in this chair tomorrow if not it will be you and i again at four have a great evening